continuing in chapter 11, specifics about the virtue of cleanliness. And we're going through the character trait of pride. And we learned there are five different types of people who are prideful. One is the person has a very high regard for himself and he treats himself as worthy of praise and is openly cultivating a, a more uh, arrogant lifestyle. The, the next one is someone who is, is not quite openly, he's not, it's not that he's openly treating himself like a very elevated personality, but rather he's actually dominating the world based on this sense of self. Another type is that honor is not even necessary for him to cultivate it because he's so, he's so worthy of the honor anyways. So he doesn't need to cultivate it at all and he could be humble and in, in a very exaggerated way be humble. But he says, I don't need any honor because I'm so great. Another type is someone who actually wants to be very much celebrated for his qualities. And he has, he really wants to be praised all the time, right? So he, he thinks himself as being so humble, but really just wants to be honored for trying to run away from honor itself. Then there are those who it's not really manifested at all in their actions and their thoughts, but they basically are very clearly believe that they clearly believe that they are smarter than everyone else and do not listen, do not need to listen to advice. So he says, all of these are the outgrowths of a form of pride that retards the wisdom of sages, stultifies their minds, and takes away the hearts of the eminently wise. Even those students whose training is still incomplete and whose eyes have barely been opened, consider themselves equal to the greatest of the sages. Regarding all of these that has been said, the haughty of heart are the abomination of the eternal. One who desires to acquire the virtue of cleanliness must cleanse himself of all of these. He must know and understand that arrogance is nothing less than blindness itself. A person cannot see his own defects nor detect his own decline. If he would have the capability to see and recognize the truth, he would turn away and distance himself greatly from all these evil and corrupt ways. We will discuss this further with the aid of heaven when we come to the virtue of humility, which is placed in the latter part of the formulation of Rabbi Pinchas because of the great difficulty in attaining it. We will now speak about anger. Certainly a person full of rage, the sages have said, whoever gets angry, is regarded as though he is engaged in idolatry, and a very, very strong <clears throat> determination, the sages tell us. To be clear, it doesn't mean that it's literally idol worship. The Gemara tells us itself on that page that what happens is like this. When you're very, very angry and you lose control, you allow your anger to determine your actions. Well, one day it's just your anger determining your actions on a very low level. The next day, your, your anger can take over and determine your actions on a higher level. And it'll go so on and so forth until you actually end up worshiping idols because you lose control when your anger takes you over. He gets angry over any opposition to his will and becomes so filled with fury that he loses control emotionally and his judgment becomes muddled. A person of this nature would destroy a whole world if you were given the opportunity. He is not ruled by common sense at all, and he is literally bereft of reason like wild animals, right? So this person who becomes so filled with anger at any given moment, he has no ability to, 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 uh, to use his, his uh, sense, and he's like an animal. Referring to such a person, it has been said in Job, one who tears his soul apart out of anger. Must the world be desolate because of you? He is capable of committing every sort of transgression if his rage leads him in that direction. For he is bound by nothing but his anger, and where it leads him, he will go. There's another type of angry person, far removed from the former, whose anger doesn't flare up over, over every conflict, whether in trivial or important matters. When he does get excited, he becomes furiously angry. And so he doesn't get angry at every single moment. At the drop of a hat, someone slights him to get angry. Not necessarily, right? There's certain things that will really set him off. It's not everything, but it doesn't happen that often. But there are certain things that will set him off. 
The issue is not that certain things will set him off, because everybody has that tendency to sometimes get set off. The issue is that he becomes so angry and he loses himself. This is what the sages of blessed memory characterized in chapters of our fathers. One who is hard to anger and hard to appease. This is not good either. The best thing would be hard to get angry and very easy to appease. Now, this guy, he's not easy to get angry. He's hard to get angry. However, he's also hard to appease. This too is certainly harmful since the damage that may be caused during this state of anger where you can get so, you lose track of yourself. It won't happen often, but you lose track of your emotions and you lose track of your ability to make rational decisions. You're no more than an animal. As well as afterwards may be so severe that it cannot be undone. There is a lesser form of anger, right? This is level number three now, whereby one does not become angry very quickly. And even when he does get angry, the anger is restrained and does not lose his senses. Yet, he will nurse his anger. If he doesn't get that angry, he's not going to completely lose control, but he's not going to let it go either. So if you don't completely lose control, it's not as bad, certainly, as losing control. But on the other hand, you're still retaining that sense of anger. This type of anger is far less detrimental than the previously mentioned ones, but there is no question that any person in its grip has not attained the virtue of cleanliness. He is not yet even vigilant. As long as the anger leaves a residue within him, he remains classified as an angry person. Another type is even less inclined to anger. This is the person who is slow to anger and whose anger is neither destructive nor purgative. Rather, his anger is negligible. And how long does his anger actually last? A moment, not longer, from the time the anger stirs naturally within him until his powers of reason are awakened in response. This is someone who very rarely gets angry. And even when he does get angry, he manages to immediately tamp down his fury. And his, his uh, ability to, to think about things rationally will get woke, will get awakened very quickly and he will lose his anger. This is what the sages of blessed memory have said. Slow to anger and easily placated. This is undoubtedly positive. It is man's instinct that moves him to anger. But if he subdues it so that even during the actual moment of anger, it will not flare up too strongly. And he further subdues it so that even this small amount of anger will not linger period of time it will subside and disappear such a person is definitely one who is worthy of praise. And the sages of blessed memory have said he suspends the earth on nothingness it means that the world endures only for one who curbs his mouth during an argument although he has been moved to anger by his instincts he subdues his nature by curbing his will.